Clear. background noise throughout the day but it's just airplanes so it's not it's, it's not really noise. good background noise yeah right. this is this is the best seat in the house that's right we got sky riders now we got sky riders, we got sky riders now. now does that say you cap i can't it's got a runway in the front yard <laughs> and you're in sight clear west turkey national ground good afternoon sir taxi via foxtrot and delta Speaking of which, I, I've decided that when I grow up, I want to be a U.S. senator. So right. you can land anywhere you anywhere want. Anywhere I want, because apparently you can do all kinds of things if you're a U.S. senator. And so far, get away with it, right? Uh, so this is... Uh, uh, okay, so he's a senator who's a pilot. And that, on one hand, makes him, you know, kind of like, you know, an endangered species. And we don't want to get, you know, we want to kind of... Help him along a little bit. I don't know how to put this exactly. All right, but uh, um, you know, we'd be happy to help him out as soon as we figure out how he got in. Yeah, but but on the other hand, uh, he seems to be taking advantage of the situation. So this is from. Let's see. Now we're going to have a couple of stories here. Um, one is from. Let's see. One is from the. Come on, come on, my screen. Come on, my screen. Oh, the Washington Post uh, website. Uh, Senator Inhofe. Uh, well, they say is not an X-Man. Oh, I get it. Is not an X-Man. I just got it. All right. Uh, Senator James M. Dude, Inhofe. It took you that long to I, get that? Senator James M. Inhofe, Republican, really Oklahoma, was flying his twin-engine Cessna 340 down to Port Isabel, Texas on Thursday, headed for his house on South Padre Island. Uh, it's done that he, something he's done for the past 50 years. Uh, but there are these huge yellow X's on the main runway, which aren't which uh, aren't there to mark the landing spot. There, well, see, this is a story for non-aviators. Anyways, he basically didn't check notice, apparently, huh? right? Yeah. It's an, so again, to, to to jump to some conclusions here, all right. Um, he didn't check notums or didn't get a good briefing or whatever, and arrived at his familiar airport to discover construction going on on the runway uh, with the uh, uh, the uh, familiar big X's saying runway closed, and uh, didn't notice the X's until short final, according to his telling of the story, um, and upon seeing the X's, decided that the proper action was to kind of overfly the construction people and land further down the runway, which he did. And uh, um, anyways, and so he's just kind of basically said, oops, and no harm, no harm, no foul. Don't worry about it. I checked with the FAA. They're okay. And then to kind of make it really exciting, and this part of it I'm actually not all that worked up about, but it, it does make it kind of, you know, put a capper on the whole thing. When he departed the airport, he apparently took off from one of the taxiways. Is this what you guys heard too? Was I, um, yeah. And yeah. now this part is not necessarily, you know, it's kind of like if it's safe and it's clear and nobody says don't, that's there, not there, so. There's, a, there's an out in the farce for you to do that. Right. So yeah. he's not the first one to do it. And, you know, by all signs, he took the appropriate step of, or, well, tried to take an appropriate step. I'm not sure if he took enough steps, but he, he, he says he notified an airport official. Uh, but somebody else says the person he notified wasn't an airport official. So uh, telling, it, telling, the line, telling the line boy you're going to depart on the taxiway doesn't count. 
Well, no. he's a senator, so he could make him. He could appoint him an official right on the spot. Yeah. No. Bless him. Wave his hand over his head. Uh, all kidding no. aside. Let's boil this down to the two yeah. additional privileges that he gets above any other normal private pilot. And I can boil it down to two words. Okay. Dick and all. <laughs> well, there he all right. Okay. There's, that's, that's, there's that's candidate the, number one for the show that's title. That's the full extent and, 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 and upper limit of his additional privileges for being a senator with a pilot's license right. as opposed to being anybody else with a pilot's license. And I was all prepared to kind of let this slide as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, he's, 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 uh, it, and then I read some of the quotes attributed to him and some of the follow up stories. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's when he kind of set my brain on fire and made me afraid I, my head was going to do a Lewis Black cranial explosion <laughs> well, thing. All right. In a second, I'm going to ask you what those quotes are. But first, let's back up a step here. Um, Senator aside, what would happen to one of us, you, one of us three, if we did this? What, what would be the enforcement action, if any? Would, how much trouble would we be in? Well, there's, there's a couple of things come to mind here. First of all, um, show me the FAR that says uh, you can't take off on a taxiway. No, I, yeah, I'm, show, I'm cool with show, the show me the, show, yeah. in, in fact, show me the FAR that says you can't land on a closed runway. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's a local rule. It's you know the, the airport is closed. That airport runway is closed. Okay, you're not supposed to land on it. Um, now there is also there's always ninety one thirteen careless and reckless, mm-hmm. and there's also ninety one oh three which is um, um, pre flight actions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So clearly those fars were. How how should I put this? Not fully complied with, right? Okay. But okay, so that's 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 part of it. But it gets better or worse depending on on um, where you. Um, let me let me just find this link. Yeah, here we go. This is um, you know the post article was from the twenty seventh. Okay, uh, um, there's another article in the Tulsa World. Well, basically the, the local newspaper for uh, the, the good senator, uh, dated uh, the 31st, okay? And um, it just gets worse. Mm-hmm. And I'll send you, I don't know if you guys need a link to this or not, do you? Yeah, because I don't think I have that one. I have the uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Aero News one is the other one I've got. It, it, that, that's, that's a good way to put it. It gets worse. It gets worse. Really? Okay. Um, What's the story? There's this Tulsa World article. What what are the elements of this that have got you? Well, there's, there's just um, the, the, some of the statements that the senator makes in this article uh, are just flat wrong and, and show two things to me. One, um, um, this belief that incredible arrogance, thank you, thank you, incredible arrogance, and just a misconceptions about the rest of the pilot population. Give, give us an uh, example. There's, there's just a smugness, there's a smug attitude here, that, and arrogance is the best single word I can come up with, or that Dave can come up with. Um, he's had four incidents in, after more than 10,000 hours, works out, and um, this says, works out to about one every 2,500 hours. That's probably better than the average pilot, he said in a telephone interview. Mm. I don't even know what that means. What he's saying is 
um, he's had twenty. He's had four different incidents, episodes where uh, he made the news in an, in an airplane. Uh, and um, um, this goes back to '99 when he lost propeller on an airplane that he was flying. Um, there were these are detailed further down in the story, um, but. Uh, um, anyway, p- punchline is um, he, he's saying that the average pilot uh, has a bunch of incidents throughout his or her career. And I'm sorry, no. It's, and then he says, in other words, I am a good pilot, mm-hmm. unquote. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> that's not true either. Um, oh, here, here's one of the other episodes. Uh, uh, landing, landing with a damaged wheel fairing and essentially no brakes on one wheel. Um, and that apparently made an FAA report. Uh, guys, I'm sorry, but if you're, if you're making FAA reports every three or four years, you're not that good a pilot. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know, uh, I've never had an FAA report issued on me. I've been doing this for more than 30 years. I'm not saying I'm a good pilot, but the numbers certainly are certainly incident free. <laughs> certainly incident free is certainly more so than the good, the good senator here. I know another guy who um, actually started flying after me. I got him interested in this. He's an airline captain now. Um, he's only had one incident, uh, and that was because the nose wheel fell off his transport category airplane, and he landed it safely without any injuries to anybody at JFK, actually. And, and, and uh, an on, on, on an open runway. On an open <laughs> on a, on a runway without X's in, on it. Uh, um, but if there's an arrogance here. There's a there's a rules don't apply to me kind of attitude. That if if you started peeling the onion here, are um, just um, textbook cases of uh, what the FAA warns pilots about when it comes to having dangerous attitudes and and um, being uh, unsafe in the air. Well, here's here's the things that made my brain want to explode. Okay. He's, he's, first off, he says he, he didn't have the no-tam. Quote, people who fly a lot just don't do it. I'm sorry, Poppycock. sir, but you're full of crap. Blowing snow. All right. That doesn't fly, in it? And he won't make any commitments to being more vigilant in the future, he says, right. because right. it's not, uh, it's not uh, uh, practical for him and all the little airports he flies around to. He said, well, technically, pilots should probably check NOTAMs. It would be impractical for him to do so on the many flights he makes to small airports in Oklahoma each year. Now, here's him. If I can track down his end numbers, I'm putting him in my flight aware because I don't want to be in the airspace over Oklahoma at the same time he does. Imagine if there had been other traffic in this airport down in Texas. Mm-hmm. Imagine if those X's were there because they dug up the runway to do electrical work, they had a trench on it to work on plumbing, and it's like, oh, well, I'll just do it off to the side, and we're reading about the people that he killed, because he, he, he wasn't comfortable with the idea of going around, but he was fine flying over a bunch of workers on a runway, painted, loaded with X's, that he didn't happen to notice until he was so low to the ground that he couldn't go around? I don't want to be in. A, I don't want to be in anywhere in the same airspace at the same time as this guy because he has no business. He should be going through a uh, a remedial check ride. Seven oh nine ride. He's back on the airspace, and that's and that kind of answers Jack's question. Ultimately, uh, if if 
Dave or Jack or me had pulled a stunt or stunts, I should say, like this, um, we'd be getting a 709 ride. What's a, se- the, what's a 709 ride? It's a, it's a um, <clears throat> statutory reference to uh, the FAA's ability to retest an airman's skills. And exactly how does that kind of thing get triggered? Does uh, does it ha- do you have to be observed by a- an incident like this will do it? Uh-huh. An, an, an enforcement an enforcement action is brought against the airman by the FAA, and in order to restore the airman's privileges, the airman must submit to this this check ride, mm-hmm. and and everything uh, is fair game for the uh, the airman's privileges. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's got an ATP helicopter and, and glider rating and hot air balloon. All of those ratings and, and, and whatnot are open season. But, and, and, but how would uh, that process actually be triggered if, say, for example, and I'm, I'm presuming this is a non-controlled, a non-tower airport, so there's no, no official watching, no ATC. But it's or been anything. reported. The FAA has gotten a report from airport people and from the senator okay. himself. Yep. Ian Hoff admitted it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so all they, all, they, they, can, they can bring an enforcement. about yeah. the FISGO, and the FISGO can take it from there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Bring an enforcement action is like you know a traffic ticket essentially, uh, perhaps a little bit more uh, complicated. Um, and if he doesn't uh, you know submit to the uh, to the remediation the FA wants to impose, then they can suspend his license. Um, they can revoke his license in extreme cases. Um, to get his license back, if if they so sought, they would give him a seven hundred nine right. Um, if such a process were had begun, would we have heard about it, or or not? Not necessarily. Yeah, necessarily. Okay. Anyways, all right. I mean, it's, there's there's there there are certain privacy issues on, on some of this, but if this goes so far, it will become public record because it'll be something that the FAA has to act on and become part of its records. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty interesting. It'll be interesting to watch see how this goes. What were you saying, David? Dick and all. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it, you know yeah. these two sentences, three sentences, are, are among the most disturbing things I've ever heard. A, a supposedly intelligent, uh, a well-rounded elected official with a pilot's license ever say. It's just obscene. Uh, yeah, well, that's you, yeah. That's the inability to sputter and spit about this. Yeah, you you would think that you would think that any anybody with Smart enough to have a pilot's license. That's my bias, okay? Anybody smart enough to have a pilot's license... Oh, see, I know that's not true. You'd think that a smart person would be smart enough to go, oops, in their head, they go, oops, yeah. I screwed up. I'm going to keep my mouth shut here. Yeah, and, and the, 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 the sentences in this article, this news article, that just really inflamed me, I think probably the same ones that inflamed Dave, and they're very quick, and I'm going to read them real quickly here. Yunhoff conceded that checking for a notum about a closed runway, quote, probably, unquote, is, quote, Technically, unquote, something a pilot should do. Quote, people who fly a lot just don't do it, unquote, he said. Ah. The, sen- the senator said he was not sure of the exact wording of the FAA's regulations regarding notums. Uh-huh. But he added that his frequent flights across Oklahoma would make it impractical for him to check for notums on every small airport he uses. When asked whether his experience in Texas would lead him to change his mind on notums, he says, I don't want to make any commitments. Okay. All right. This is at the point where I think the 709 ride is warranted. This is the point where I want his tail number in my flight aware account so that I can make sure if he bothers to file that I'm not in the same airspace at the same time. Because the guy, 
you know, he, 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 what kind of an arrival did he do to this airport? It was a VFR day. Uh, he comes into view. He, not, he doesn't see the runway until the last hundred feet. Five what, what, are what are you doing the rest of the time, Senator? Maybe it's a case where the oral opening blocks the forward vision. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, folks, to episode 212 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. Recording this episode on uh, Tuesday evening, November 2nd, 2010. And uh, joining me here in the virtual hangar is a couple good friends of mine. First of all, uh, uh, a little bit worked up this evening, but, uh, but fun to have around anyways is Dave Higdon, who's joining us from uh, Wichita, Kansas. Hi, David. Um, other than the senator thing, how are you doing tonight? Oh, man, I'm doing lovely. I got a, a, a nice, thick, dark wheat stout here. And, uh, and, and now that I've vented appropriately, you know, I exhale and, and be cool that most of the aviators I know know their butts from the hole in their exhaust pipe. <laughs> All right. You're not going to let it go, are you? Also here in the virtual hangar is uh, Jeb Burnside talking to us from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida. How you doing, Jeb? I'm fine. I just want to point out I, I flew about 1,800 miles in the last you know three or four days, and I check NOTAMs mm-hmm. both times. I know. You do. You are, And you do it the old-fashioned way. You get, on, I do. you get on the telephone and talk to a briefer. I, I, I will get on. I have been known to get on the telephone and talk to a briefer. Yeah. I, I think I did did a lot of this other other stuff uh, uh, via duets. Or, yeah, uh, I mean, you do both. I've watched yeah, you. I do both. And, uh, and, I, and I know that in the day, in the 24 hours leading up, in the 12 hours leading up to the flight, I've watched you um, do the whole computer thing and check weather and whatnot and fuel prices and notams and so forth and but i know that you this is the part because i don't always do that part the, the telephone part mm-hmm. i usually rely on the computer briefing and uh i I've, it's i've noted that you you always i think i mean in my in my experience every single time um you, in, the, in this day and age it pays to pick up the phone and dial 800 dial 800 weather brief and ask one simple you know tell the tell the briefer what you're doing what you plan to do and ask one simple question are there any any TFRs that affect me? Yeah, okay. yeah. Guess how they're issued, and 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 get them get that on the tape. Yeah, no, that's that makes some sense. It's sad but true that that's that's and a guess how TFRs get issued. How's that, David? No ten. Yeah, but but we don't all check note them. So what am I going to do? Well, you know, maybe uh, maybe that would uh, wise People. the good senator up if he had a nice afternoon interception. From somebody flying into somebody else's TFR. The people who fly a lot just don't do it, he said. Yeah. And I'm Jack Hodgson, and I'm coming to you today from uh, high atop the Ramada Geneva Lakefront on the <laughs> shores of the oddly shaped Seneca Lake in upstate New York. I, I'm also coming to you today from, from the, the, the most oddly noisy hotel room I've ever been in. This, I don't know if you guys can hear this on the, on the podcast. There are more buzzes and rumbles and hums in this room. And in the last two minutes, something next to me, possibly the microwave, possibly the refrigerator. Oh, I did it. I made it stop. The refrigerator. Oh, that's the, that's the hotel room they made the horror movie about. It could be. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, okay, there we go. Uh, Sleep well tonight, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways... Um, so I'm here up here yet. I'm yet another one of my little, I'm going to be on the road for the next four or five episodes. It's just going to be a thing. And, uh, uh, one of these days I'll post pictures, but, uh, I won't be back to, uh, 
I won't be back to uh, Lookout Point for a little bit here. So, anyways, what's going on That's here? one of the Finger Lakes. It is, yes. One of the oddly shaped finger lakes. They are astoundingly long and, you know, relatively narrow. Um, they're they're pretty that's wide too. Sandwiched into their 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 valleys filled with water. It, that's exactly right. They're they're scars left over from the uh, from the, uh, the ice retreating bird. glacier. Glacier. Thank you. Yes. The, sage. Yeah. So okay. All right. I know why they retreated. Uh, they knew Senator Inhofe was coming. Thank know. you. Bang. <laughs> That's what Sorry, I stole your joke. I didn't mean to do that. Hey, David, last week uh, on the episode, we kind of glossed over the fact that you had recently returned from uh, the NBAA con- convention, conference, show. Um, and uh, I wanted to take a couple minutes and see if you could uh, you know, kind of fill us in on what you saw and what went on there. What, what, uh, what was the, uh, the tone? What was the atmosphere? What were the announcements? Uh, I would well. Let's see. First, the the, the tone and tenor uh, that we're there was a sense among the crowd that the the GA community, business aviation in particular, is kind of past the worst of the fallout. Mm-hmm. Uh, not poised for a big bounce back, nonetheless, but past the worst of it. And judging by some of the uh, small or small orders and some of the new development programs that were announced uh which were considerable uh you know the 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 manufacturers and the the community seems to be looking at things starting to come back uh late next year early the year after uh and probably not getting back to the the you know the holy mother uh, sales levels of 07, 08, if at all, in this decade, not till the really late end of it. Uh, there were new new aircraft announcements from Bombardier, the the Global 7000 and 8000. Uh, you know, we're getting into where if this was uh, air carrier operations, you'd need two, almost three flight crews because of how long these birds can stay in the air. Uh, Cessna announced that they were completely revamping the Citation 10, uh, calling it the Citation 10 T-E-N, and I think we made fun of that a little bit last week, but it's going to be about the same speed, excuse me, but uh, a little faster and a lot roomier, uh, much longer, uh, a whole lot of different systems, more fuel efficient, longer range. Uh, better payload, good things. Uh, Eclipse got a sugar daddy. Uh, and uh, now my brain just went blank on who that was. It seemed like it was one of the helicopter companies. But uh, Some movement there. Uh, Garmin announced that they were getting into the Part 25 air transport airplane, air transport category airplane, avionics field was something they're calling the Garmin G5000, uh, which is basically a widescreen cockpit. If you put all it, stack it up, you could put four 14-inchers side by side by side, two tens and a pedestal and the touch screens that operate it all and have nine screens on the cockpit. Uh, very high-tech, very advanced, uh, due for certification in uh, 2012. And the launch customer is the Citation TEN. Uh, How convenient. Crowd was crowd was bigger uh not a whole lot but enough that uh that it counted uh the number of vendors was up a little bit 
the number of airplanes and the static was down a little bit, but static display space availability at Peachtree to Cab is a somewhat smaller footprint than what's available at Orlando Executive, for example, in Florida, where they can put, oh, I don't know, 20, 20 more airplanes or so. They still sold out the static, had 93 airplanes in there. Hawker Beach announced a big change to the Premier 2, now called the Hawker 200, uh, launched the King Air 250, which is a significant revamp of the old 200. Uh, oh, let's see. And I know I'm missing a couple of things here, but it, 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 was, a, it was a good mood. Not effusive, but kind of, you know, the, the, the feeling you get post-exhale when you kind of go... All right, man, I'm glad that's over. Now we can get on with things. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, and it, that made it kind of enjoyable because uh, last year uh, was the midst of the collapse and the year before we were at the gateway to the collapse and everybody was kind of in deer-in-the-headlights mode in, in at the 08 convention. Uh, everything was starting to fall apart. The economy was collapsing. Banks on Wall Street were threatening to go under. The car companies were in trouble. Uh, and people were already giving notice of the kind of orders they were going to walk away from in 2009. Uh, it, everybody was freaked. Mm-hmm. 09, it was, it was funk. Uh, 2010, it was kind of like, hey, we've survived. We're still here. Uh, things are looking looking to get better. Piston airplane sales are starting to pick up, uh, kind of surprisingly. And some economic indicators that some of the forecasters I've talked to uh, like to track, like raw cargo and freight shipments, international uh, cargo loads, are, are going up pretty steadily in half for about six months now. And these folks say that always pretends a turnaround uh, in the business climate, so uh, onward and upward. Uh huh. Yeah. Do you have fun? Do they have parties? That, I've never been to NBAA. NBAA, <laughs> by the way. NBAA, by the way, for them is the National Business uh, Aviation, Aviation Association, and right. uh, this is their annual get together where they uh, kind of you know show off the the industry. Um, yeah, now, and, and to give it just some quick perspective, a record crowd for them was about thirty four thousand. Uh, and we were well off that this year, but it was still up from last year. So, uh-huh. um, so in the computer world, um, the parties are half the thing. Um, and uh, it, it, you know, and and I know I, I want to hear Dave's answer. Yeah, I know, David. Do 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 do, do business uh, aviation people uh, uh, socialize? Oh, just. Just a very small, small <laughs> without without giving away anyone's secrets. Uh, what, what's the, what, what's that like? Is this just like corporate parties, or or is it is it more of a, a Herbie's, or what's it like? Well, uh, I've actually been to a couple of uh, after hours uh, sanctioned, uh, you know, exhibitors events that did lean a little bit toward Herbie's. Uh-huh. You know, now they were in a. Uh, uh, House of Blues, okay, okay. We have you know one of the one of the one of Ackroyd's chain restaurants, uh, but they were still a lot like a Herbie's party because you had blues band on the on the stage, uh, which you know Herbie's only had a couple of times. They don't do that anymore, but it was basically everybody kicked back and no shop talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 
one of the things that I, I, I ducked out of this year was a wonderful, lengthy, and highly detailed forecast briefing that one of the companies provides. Oh, and geez, for a second that. there, I thought you were about to say that you ducked out of a party, you know, where there were... Well, drinks. but that, that briefing is a preface to a uh, usually fairly rich open bar and uh, uh, open menu dinner. And you ducked out? They're going to kick you out of the industry. If they, they, should you say this in public like that? Well, no, I ducked out for an alternate opportunity. <laughs> okay. All right. A man of taste. Let, let me boil it down to this. Yeah. There, there was not a night where I had to look for something to do or, you know, order pizza in my room or something like that. Uh, there were a couple of nights where the uh, research opportunities, which is what I like to consider them, the research opportunities uh, required a couple of stops before the final stop for the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it it all depends on your level of dedication, the uh, the depth of your Rolodex, and how much you're liked or disliked in any given year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Herbie's, of course, is the uh, legendary Oshkosh-based watering hole that uh, is uh, has been uh, a place for gathering in the evening for many many years. And if you come to Oshkosh for the first time and want directions, ask for the AC Ducey. That's how the locals know the place. Yeah. Yeah, it's called the AC Ducey, as in cards, I guess. Right. Yeah. As in the, the 21 hand. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. MBAA. Um, interesting. Jeb, you didn't go. Do you, you, you've, left that didn't beat, go. you've left that beat behind, I take it, huh? Well, not so much left the beat behind, although I, I don't have uh, any specific responsibilities in that market right now. Um, I, NBA is always a good, uh, good event. Um, the, uh, excuse me, the exhibiting companies you know, spend a lot of money, uh, and it's, it's a great place to be. It's a great place to hook up. I couldn't come up with a business reason to be there this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, had had a lot of other um, complications and distractions and, and other things competing for my time, so I didn't go. But uh, hopefully, I'll make it next year. Yeah, well, it's 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 a very broadly based show. I mean, the the, the image for folks among a lot of folks who have never been is that it's all suits and ties and business jets and and, and turbo props. And while that may be the predominant hardware flown by the you know the the Fortune 500 companies. Uh, you know, they had a one-day single-pilot safety stand-down at NBAA this year that started that, that ran the day before opening day. There was only one pilot geared in attendance. Much, geared very much to the small jet and uh, uh, turboprop drivers who do their IFR work single-pilot all the time. They're not part of a big corporate flight department. Uh, AOPA was there in force. I was uh, able to shake hands with uh, uh, Mr. Fuller. Uh, bumped into him briefly. Uh, got to have a nice long conversation with a gentleman named Rod Hightower, oh. who at the time had been about six weeks on the job as president of Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. No, at, at a little do at their exhibit. Uh, so, uh, bumped into the uh, head man uh, John Burton from uh, Sun and Fun on the floor. Right. So, David, did you, you just misspeak? What's, just about everywhere. Did you just misspeak, David? Who Rod Hightower is the head guy? Where at the Experimental Aircraft Association? Yeah, I think that's correct. I think you said AOPA, but uh, oh, that was Fuller from AOPA. There you go. There you Rod go. Rod Hightower from EAA. Yeah. Sorry, I yeah. misstated that. 
uh, I need another beer. Yeah. Uh, how about? <laughs> Somehow, uh, I don't think that's the solution. But yeah. <laughs> how about uh, some of our uh, uh, more personal buddies? Did you run into? Was James there? Did you see James? Yes, actually, did. James was there working for one of the uh, multiple show dailies that are produced there. Uh, he was working for uh, Aviation International News's convention news, uh, AIN and Business and Commercial Aviation. Uh, they each do three dailies. Flight International did three dailies. Uh, Aero News Network was there in force doing video and their daily online stuff. Uh, it's a fairly media-intensive uh, uh, little operation. A lot of foreign press there. Uh, quite a number of Europeans, uh, Asians, and South Americans who come to the United States specifically for NBAA. Uh, it's, it's, it's a... You know, it's, it doesn't draw the kind of crowds that an Oshkosh or Sun and Fun. It's not that kind of audience. But in its niche, uh, it's pretty much, you know, the, 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 the rule and the roost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I was okay. Just, just wondering yeah, if any more of our pals, did you run into Barry Valentine or any of those kinds of folks? Uh, yeah. I saw Barry. saw Henry Ogridzinski from Naseo. Uh, Barry received an award, and we congratulated him on that. Uh-huh. Uh, bumped into Kermit Weeks. Really? Who, uh-huh. Uh, you know, EAA folks will know from the uh, Weeks research hangar there on the north end of uh, Whitman Regional and uh, the uh, Fantasy of Flight operation uh, in Polk City, Florida, near Lakeland. Yeah. Uh, so he was there. Yeah. Uh, I think it was his first or his first in several years. You bumped into all these people, of course, at one of the varied evening research opportunities. Actually, almost all of those folks I saw during office hours. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll stop giving you a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of awards, and this isn't on the list, but uh, Jeb, uh, you, you alluded earlier to a, a big flight that you did recently. Why did you go uh-huh. flying? Ah, uh, went out to uh, Arkansas. Uh, this we talked, I think, on the last episode about uh, old uh, colleague and friend um, Mary Silich, who uh, was re- not receiving an award per se. She was being inducted into the Arkansas Aviation Hall of Fame. Uh, That's she was, so cool. she was, yeah, it really was. I was fortunate enough to be able to go out there and attend that the the event, and uh, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was obviously really great to see Mary and, and her husband Nicholas. But uh, uh, I was I was quite frankly very pleasantly surprised at the uh, the way the organization there uh, in Little Rock had um, they, they they held the uh, the event in in an aviation museum uh, there near the airport. Um, a, a crowd of people showed up. Uh, place was full. Um, it, it moved along. It wasn't. Uh, it was professionally done. They had. Uh, um, um, you know, good video uh, that they obviously spent some time researching and putting together uh, on on all the inductees that night, and uh, it was just a good time. I was, I was very happy to have been able to be there. And uh, the next morning, um, Nicholas and Mary used to own my airplane, mm-hmm. and uh, in fact, have not seen it since they sold it. Wow! Oh, yeah. that had to be cool. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's you know it's. Yep. Tip tanks. It's got paint. It's got interior. It's got you know glass. It's got all this other stuff in it, and they had never seen it like this before. Uh huh. 
And it was just it was just very cool. Did you take him flying? No, we didn't have time. Ah, uh, it's too bad. We didn't have time. I, I would have been happy to. Yeah. It was um, well, but um, it was still yeah, a two twenty five Debbie when you bought it from them, wasn't it? No, it was a two eighty five. Was yeah, it, it was it was the ele- it was the eleventh one off the factory assembly line with with the big engine in it. Mm-hmm. Oh. With the five twenty. So the uh, the awards thing was sounds very cool. How was the flying? Yeah. Did you have fun? Flying was flying was great. There was um, um, one little um, area. <clears throat> excuse me. When I was going out, one little area over the Panhandle around uh, oh, just west of Tallahassee mm-hmm. that um, had required some circumnavigation. After that, it was pretty much um, smooth, clear air, and um, no turbulence. Did you make it nonstop, or did you have to stop some? I stopped. I stopped going up um, in North Florida for some gas that I knew was there, and uh-huh. had, I'd kind of planned to have that amount of gas on board. I didn't have the gas when I left here to go nonstop. Right. I, I did come back nonstop. And the place you stopped, you picked it for a gas price. Uh, gas price and, and range, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, where was it? Where, where did you this stop? was uh, Perry Foley, Florida. Yeah. Uh, Forty Juliet is the identifier. Uh, Self serve hundred low lead four bucks flat. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And what was it like there that day? Was it quiet? I mean, was it? In, I mean, good good gas prices is good all by itself. Yeah. But what anything this, else going this on? This was. There? I'm trying to remember what day of the week this was. Um, I guess this was Saturday. No, this was Friday. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. This was a Thursday. This was a Thursday afternoon. Man, Thursday midday. And there was only one other movement of an airplane while I was at that particular airport, and that was a PC-12 uh, that came and went um, in about the same amount of time I was there. It didn't take on any fuel. Mm-hmm. Pick somebody up, drop somebody off, something like that? Something. I don't, I don't know. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I don't want them asking me, and I'm not going to ask them. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Nobody's business. I but see mine. nothing. I hear nothing. Okay. And they took uh, off from a runway. Yeah, that's well, right. Yeah, well, okay. there is that. We both we all used the same runway. We all talked to each other. We all knew, knew what was and was not working at that airport. We had the correct frequencies, and uh, it all worked very nicely and very calmly and very professionally, unlike some other uh, uh, flights we've talked about recently. Okay. Well, that's always good to hear. Yeah. Um, let's see now. This is just a little quick item. Um, it's almost a shout out, but I'll, I'll drop it in right now. Um, this is from a, in the forums. Um, someone pointed our called our attention to a website that is. Uh, you know, we talked about this, didn't we? This is the pure, puregas.org. Yeah, right? we talked about this. We did talk about yeah, this. We've looked at the very same website before. Yeah, I don't know. Why. I'm going to have to start helping you with the list. Uh, Anytime, just, just <laughs> anytime you're ready, let's talk. Okay, all right, you've said it out loud here. I'm going to leave all it right, on the show. Right. I mean, it's, 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 right. it's there for everyone to, to, to have heard, and uh, we'll come back later. All right, never well, mind. Um, he who controls the parameters controls the show. That's what I've said all along, but, uh, you know. Um, you control vertical, you control vertical. <laughs> Anyways, I understand it's, all that. It's still an interesting website, pure-gas.org, and it's a list of ethanol-free gas stations around the U.S. and Canada if you need you need that good MoGas for your airplane. And, we need uh, ethanol kept in the whiskey bottle where it belongs. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. There you go. And it's great for you know vintage motorcycles, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you and, go. And, and for back rubs. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, not the alcohol. Well, not right. the aged kind. No. Yeah, okay. So uh, they want to put our pictures on our pilot's licenses. I don't know what I think about this. What do you think about this? 
I I think, have no problem with it. I've been stuck with this face all my life. Yeah. I, 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 you know, just don't put Dave's picture on mine. That's all I ask. <laughs> so I guess this is okay. I, 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 is this really necessary? Is this just creeping bureaucracy? Or maybe I shouldn't even open it's that It's more door. security theater. Yeah. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So what, what's the word on it? Is this a done deal? Are they gonna, is, this a, is there a date on this kind of stuff? I suppose I could look at the story and see what it says. If, well, that would be too serves, easy. Yeah, serves, they may be under a congressional mandate to do yeah. this. Yeah. Right. What they've been doing is doing it on FAA scheduling uh, as opposed to on the, uh, you know, the uh, unrealistic uh, expectations of Congress whose members very often expect executive branch agencies to move at speeds that Congress itself cannot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's in process, but it's part of next gen, so it'll be... That was a, that was a joke. But it's going to be photo in only, no photo out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's much better than my, my next gen joke. Okay. So uh, uh, let's see now. From AvWeb, the FAA will publish a new proposed rule in the next few months that would require pilots' certificates to include a photo. So what are, how, who, where, how is this going to happen? How do you get – will you have to go to the local FISDO and get your picture taken or – They haven't. We'll find out when the when the FAA makes their proposal. Yeah, it's yeah. likely that a that a passport photo would suffice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and or you know they probably prefer to do it digitally. Um, yeah, they're not equipped. There, there's not enough FISDOs. There's not enough FAA facilities scattered around the country. There used to be, but there aren't any more. Where it they was, used to it have was a painless like and. and, and and inexpensive to go see an FAA official to get your picture taken. Yeah, you know, twenty, thirty years ago, this would have, might have worked fairly well. Today, it won't work that well. So, at all. if so, if the, if I'm if it's like a passport photo kind of deal, or if it's going to be mail in a digital picture, then I could send in Dave's picture and have it on my my pilot's license. Yeah, you really think you'd you'd get your license? Yeah, I don't think you're going to make it that easy. That was a sly comment about the security effectiveness of the whole program, but all right. Well. There, you know, on, on one level, I get this this bit of demagoguery I'm about to read, um, <laughs> but on another level, I don't. You okay, know. what is it? <laughs> this is a, this is a Representative uh, John Micah, Republican of Florida, who is probably going to be the new chairman of the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. Uh, quote: It is mind-boggling that six years after passing the law, after spending millions of dollars, the FAA license still does not have a photograph. Micah wrote. It only the only pilots pictured on the license are Wilbur and Orville Wright. It is absolutely astounding that DHS, TSA, and FAA could, after six years, after six years to implement the law, still achieve such an incredible level of incompetence. <laughs> just, just a classic put well, He hasn't been paying attention if, to the FAA for very long, then, has he? If memory serves me correctly, the the, the FAA was also given a, an, an out that said that or an equivalent method. Right. And, and an they, equivalent and they, method was for them to chosen the, the, the picture ID, ID works for me. Photo. Yeah, right. that's why I think the whole thing's kind of crazy. We've got a perfectly yeah. good system. That, yeah, I mean, exactly. yeah on, on one on, on one level, yeah, it is kind of stupid that we don't have our photo on the license. But that ship sailed some time ago. Okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. You know, and if we were going to do this, why didn't we do this on the change over to plastic licenses? Right. Yeah. You know, it, and and let one huge foobar 
take care of two for one. Yeah. Right. Well, and actually, we should be calling them certificates as opposed to licenses. Yeah. But, yeah so, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, it'll Sorry, all it'll all shake out when when Lockmark gets the contract to take care of the whole thing and uh, Caliber, man. Caliber yeah, will get the contract. That's where my money is. Yeah. See, so who says there's no competition in the federal government these days? These days, right? It's it's either Lockmark or or how? Oh man, I'm being snippy tonight. I don't know what it is. I think I'm for freaked you, out. Jack, about, that's that's quite. Well, it's election night too. Yeah, well, it's, but for I, you, are you Jack, sure you've got a beer, Jack? Yeah. No, I don't. I have Mountain Dew. I was diet, uh-huh. diet Mountain. Uh, okay, that explains it. Who, who are you, and what have you done with Jack Hodgson? I know, I'm, you know, I'm still a little freaked out about Dave's reference to the noises in my hotel room, so maybe that's what it is. <laughs> so here's a first, and I applaud this. Um, I thank him. Um, our, our good friend, uh, Jeff Ward, uh, has been for years now, literally years now, been, been post-processing the, the infamous list to turn it into show notes for us. Um, and, and as we do at the end of every, every episode, we thank him for this. Um, this week, he actually sent me an email saying, I hope this is okay, but I put something on the list. And I said, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, Jeff. So Jeff actually... Did, gave, Jeff did, actually, did he leave his credit card number? Yeah, no, Jeff actually suggested the story. And it's a good one. I'm glad he did. Um, here's the background. Um, every, many people will remember the uh, tragic uh, mid-air crash over Brazil a number of years ago. Um, where for, uh, you know, various strange reasons, um, a, a Boeing 737 uh, airliner and a Embraer uh, business jet uh, uh, made contact uh, at altitude, uh, and uh, 737 went down with all on board, uh, and the Embraer managed to struggle um, to a landing. Um, and then the two American pilots on board the uh, biz jet were taken into custody, and there was a big, a lot of pushing and shoving about whether or not they were going to be charged criminally. And then they finally managed to uh, uh, make it um, get out of Brazil and come home to the states, um, where there's been, you know, there was more kind of posturing. I guess am I am I am I explaining this correctly? Um, the upshot is that I haven't heard anything about this in a while, but um, just recently, the uh, um, the Brazilian courts. Have, uh, have actually convicted uh, one of the air traffic controllers uh, involved in this whole thing. Um, reading from the Seattle Times uh, website, um, it's uh, Dateline San Paulo, San Paulo. A military, Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo, excuse me. Um, a military court convicted an air traffic controller for his role in the 2006 collision of a Brazilian airliner and a business jet that killed 154 people, Brazil official news service said Wednesday. And uh, Air Force Sergeant, oh, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce this gentleman's name, Joe Joe Marcelo Fernandez de Santos was sentenced Tuesday to 14 months in jail for failing to take action when he saw that the legacy's anti-collision system had been turned off, which is kind of controversial right there. Um, But, uh, well, I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Uh, It's it's a difficult situation. um, I, I just I have a fundamental problem um, criminalizing. Yeah, um, and that's the sad part. Of it. it just seemed all along from the very yeah. beginning that Brazil desperately wanted to 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 put somebody in jail for this. Right, I, I agree. They, they wanted they wanted a pound of flesh, and, and in a lot of ways, I kind of understand that. Yeah, uh, it was it was quite a blow to their um, their psyche, their industry, their, you know, their whole um, um, sense of being. But um, I just again, I just have a problem uh, criminalizing uh, what is clearly an accident. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, there were there were a lot of different um, people and, and institutions and and uh, technologies involved. Um, they all, in one way or another, contributed to this accident. There is no single person or single thing <clears throat> that that caused this kind of an accident, or this kind of a tragedy. Well, this is complicated um, by the fact it, that it, the it controllers just, are all Air Force and Air yeah. Force. Yeah, they're all, uh, they're all military. Staff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's and, what the military does when their systems fail, is they generally put somebody you know on trial. Uh, even there's nothing more than to come to a conclusion that it was an accident and nobody was at fault. Yeah. Here's yeah. one other thing, though. Yeah, here's Jeff, one other thing. The, the, the guy's lawyer, the, the, the uh, controller who was convicted, his lawyer um, was quoted as saying the, convic- the conviction is unacceptable. And then he says, quote, he does not speak English and was obliged to coordinate a flight involving foreign pilots. Yeah, that one's odd, isn't it? Yeah. That's that's a very odd statement. And in fact, if that is true, which I I just cannot fathom that um in this day and age, uh English is supposed to be the the uh, um the international language of aviation. I, I don't care if it's English, Portuguese, or Latin, as long as we're all speaking it, okay? Um yeah. And, and, a, and a controller who is controlling that type of traffic at, at those altitudes uh, and cannot speak English is is somewhat troubling. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I take that statement with a grain of salt. I, take I, I do, too. I do, too. That's why I just, you know, it just it kind of sticks out there. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, it, I just find it fantastic that it is, if it was true. Yeah. So... Well, Anyways, I, I don't know. The guy's this, apparently not in jail right now. He's out. He's st- they're appealing, and uh, he's out. He's still free, um, pending this appeal. And maybe, maybe you know, the, they'll maybe they'll get the, the, they being the government get some satisfaction from all the fufara, and they'll let him let the whole thing slide or probation or I don't know what. But well, and if if this resolves it from the Brazilians' perspective, and ends this nonsense of trying to prosecute the pilots. Uh, that would be not a great outcome, particularly not for uh, the Air Force Sergeant uh, Dos Santos. Uh, but it would at least keep this from getting even more out of kilter by continuing the criminalization of, uh, of something that, like Jeb said, is the, the result of a sequence of mistakes, not one person's single mistake. Uh, the, the controller not speaking English. You know... There is an issue with that in some of these countries when you put controllers on a route where they don't get a lot of international traffic or maybe any international traffic, and then all well, of a sudden. But I, that's see, that, no that, excuse that, that, for them not I, I, because that's required yeah, that's by international right. trade. That's right. First of all, that's no excuse. Secondly, um, no, it's, not. That, it's Brazil. They have a lot of international air traffic, both corporate and, and uh, uh, um Airlines, absolutely. Airlines. Yeah. Plus, they have a lot of they, they would have a lot of, of military, uh, U.S. military traffic back and forth. So they're they're not uh, um, uh, new to English speaking pilots. Okay. Nope. Um, but um, I don't know. <clears throat> it, I know there was just didn't make any when sense. Flew, when we flew through Mexico a number of years ago from uh, Dallas down through Brownsville around the Bay of Campeche. Across the Yucatan to Cancun, 
there was a dramatic variety in in the uh, legibility of the English that the controller spoke that really kind of stuck out a couple of stretches where at our altitude and on our out uh, you wouldn't expect the uh, the controllers to have a lot of a lot of foreign traffic it was yeah. very difficult to understand them and sometimes we had to repeat ourselves yeah. a number of times when dealing with controllers at uh, Matamoros right on the Texas border uh, Mexico City Center and two big international airports where we stopped. Uh, their English was almost better than what I'd hear out of Miami Center. Yeah, and plus they called you El Capitan, so that can't be all bad, right? They, and that was generally on the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Otherwise, I was just seven papa. Which took a little getting used to. <laughs> okay. They call they call me El Piloto Loco. I know. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Okay. So, Jeb, it seems that so many of your friends are troublemakers. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got, I can think of I can think of two right off the top of my head. Okay, uh, I don't know how friendly you are with David Wartowski of uh, the Potomac oh, yes. Airfield, but apparently he's like uh, mixing it up a little bit here, and he's uh, he's made a proposal. I'm not sure how formal this proposal is. It's but a formal proposal. He's making a proposal, and then you tell us what the proposal is. Well. Um, I, I've, this has been around for, for a few months. I was familiar with it some time ago. That's a few brain cells ago, so I'm not exactly sure what's going on with it these days. But Dave Wartofsky, uh, is the, um, uh, what, what does he call himself? Uh, Fromage Grand. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's the, he's the big cheese. <laughs> yep. At the, uh, Potomac, Maryland. <laughs> Seriously? No, okay, yeah, I believe you. Yeah, of uh, the Potomac Airfield. Well, this is the international cultural yeah. episode. You cap. Yeah, right. And yeah, uh, right. Um, one of the uh, put upon airport airports. What do they call them? The, the, the I, well, the, the 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 those in power call them the Maryland Three. I call them the DC Three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which are the three airports that are close into Washington National that you have to have special uh, background checks and. Uh, decoder rings to uh to access yeah. on a regular basis so anyways he's proposed what he's proposed that uh the faa basically do away with the third class medical mm-hmm. okay yeah so um, basically we'd all be like sport pilots i mean in one regard in, in that regard yeah. at least yeah. um basically he suggests the far should be changed to require all pilots to have a valid driver's license but no medical requirement for piling an aircraft weighing less than 6,000 pounds, maximum gross weight. I think it makes perfect sense. Me too. Me too. And it's it, been brought up, it's been yeah, brought up before. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's been it, brought it, up before and was studied, and the FAA could find no evidence that medical issues were a safety problem. AOPA pushed this for years. Yeah. Uh, the, the FAA found no evidence that the medical conditions protected against by the third-class medical were causing any accidents and concluded that that was because they were requiring medical and decided not to change anything. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, but now don't they have some stats now from Sport Pilot? That Sport Pilot's been around for uh-huh. a few years. Uh-huh. And uh, did I see a, a, someone reported that, that there have been zero incidents of Sport Pilot problems related to 
you know, medical problems. medical yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, and, and meanwhile, meanwhile, we have uh, captains. You know, it doesn't happen all that often, thank God. But we have, you know, the occasional airline captain with a first class medical, uh, uh, getting supposedly getting checked every six months. Um, you know, passing out, uh, becoming unconscious at the at the in, in the cockpit. Stuff happens hey, have, irrespective of how often and how 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 heavily you check something. Um, and we have, for the kind of we, yeah the kind of flying that Dave is talking about here in his petition, aircraft weighing less than six thousand pounds. My debonair weighs well less than six thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, max. So yeah. Um, that would yeah, be a Cessna three forty weighs more than six thousand. I, I'm I'm going to hope it does just for uh, um, um, safety's sake. But anyway. Uh, um, well, so I was just thinking, you know, the, the the fact that you've passed a medical doesn't say a damn thing about the mental state of Senator Pilots. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, let's see. Now, I'm going to jump around on the list just a little bit here to uh, wrap things up. Uh, first of all, I'm going to jump to the bottom of the list. Uh, David, you told, pointed out, called our attention to this. Um, Jep has sent out, Jeppesen has sent out the alarm that there was a uh, an oops in the... Uh, in their latest data update, um, what's the story here? Is, is this not, not the first time I've heard? Does this happen all the time, or is this something that's happening more frequently now? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, say it's happening more frequently. It's happening from time. Yeah, time. I'm sorry, David. You got stepped on. David, say it again. I say it's not something that happens with great frequency, but it does happen occasionally. Uh huh. And what happened and this time? In this particular case, uh, the FAA made some changes the Class Bravo airspace definitions for Chicago O'Hare. And those changes did not, for some reason, make it into the, uh, the uh, cycle 1011 NAV data update from Jepson NAV data. Uh, for 1011, one more time. 1012 will be coming out effective November 18 and is supposed to have the revised information inside. In the meantime, they're cautioning anybody that's using the JEPS data uh, and they don't narrow that down to say, well, it's only for this database update or that database. Pretty much anybody that got a database update or maybe even charting from from JEPS uh, needs to know that the class Bravo definitions and, and depictions for O'Hare or do not reflect the new reality. Mm-hmm. And okay. you this, might uh, want to consult the NOTAM. Yeah. <laughs> okay, don't go back there. Um, is this uh, electronic data or are there printed charts or what is it? I think it's all the above the way it's worded. Oh, okay. All right. But uh, nav data, I think what they're printing Nav data is there. The electronics. Yeah, nav data is the uh, uh, the updatable cards you get for Garmin's and, and um, uh, King and other um, um, GPS systems. Yeah. Okay. We'll All have right. a link that shows the correct de- depictions for that. Yeah. So it's in that document. Okay. I, I don't know if I, I I keep wanting to come back to the is this happening more often question. You know. I, I think it is. Um, I, I had a and, a and maybe I'm just picking on Jefferson here real quick. Um, I had a flight earlier in the month, and uh, it was right on the. It was like the morning. No, I'm sorry. My my card um, was out of date. I wanted to update my card. I knew I had this flight coming up, and I log on, and it says, you know, 
um, you can't can't download your data, they call customer service or something like that. So I managed to get a hold of customer service, and you know it's funny they had my check well in advance mm-hmm. of the expiration date. They cashed the check, but they never updated the record. Yeah, you mentioned this. That said, week. I yeah. I I'd, I'd, I'd paid for it, so you know we got it all resolved, and I moved on down the road. But um, I don't know if they can't keep up Sounds with drilling. Sounds spectacularly close to what uh, Al Shevers went through back in April. Okay. We talked yeah, about this last week, we had that exact too. same comment yeah. last, yeah. Um, last week or whenever it was. You know, is, yeah. uh, you know, the, the computer guy in me wants to kind of uh, observe that, Jeb, you, over, over the years we've been doing this podcast, um, you comment a number of times that you think that more and more of this, this you know, nav data, these charts and, and you know, things – shouldn't come out in hard copy. They should come out in data form so that they can be easily reformatted and repurposed and whatnot. But but this is the risk that as more and more well, this stuff is, is published that way. It is and it isn't. Um, keep in mind also that there are any number of updates to published charts issued on a regular basis. That's why we have, you know, <clears throat> um, a, a change notice every 28 days for approach plates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we have uh, um, upgrade, updated in route charts every 56 days. Now this is, you know, you, you can do it more frequently. There's an interna- <clears throat> excuse me, an international standard uh, that's been devised on how frequently, um, I think it's an ICAO thing, how frequently aeronautical data like this is updated, what formats and, and, and all this kind of thing. It's like an every 14-day schedule. Uh, here in the U.S., we just do it. Well, uh, other countries do it one way. We do it, you know, otherwise. But basically, it's every 14-day kind of cycle um, before this, as the stuff gets updated. So changes happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Electronic is is one of the best ways to keep up with it all. Okay. But yeah. it's it's a garbage in, garbage out situation. We have the same problems with paper too. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I just wanted to to yeah, you you Jeb just hit on it. This has happened with you know the printed documents going back years too, where. Something didn't get in, or it got in only partially, or the change got in, but with incorrect information. There's a huge volume of stuff to deal with. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever tried to keep your IFR stuff up to date, your approach, your approach plates, and your SIDs and stars, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it can, it can be crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, a word to the wise, though, if you've gotten this recent update, particularly if you're in the Chicago area, right? It's the 01000100. And be sure and check the notams for O'Hare. Yeah. TFRs, too. Finally, uh, David, you pointed, you, you, you pointed us at some uh, really cool pictures uh, from... Uh, now, I'm a little confused because the note that you gave us here refers to the Hudson River, but these pictures don't look like the Hudson River to me, although they're spectacular um, pictures from flight. What's this all about, David? Well, uh, a gentleman named Bernheimos. This was sent on to me by a, a, a friend of ours who I'm not allowed to mention. Uh, but it's basically they flew from California across the U.S. up the Hudson River. Oh, okay. Turned around and went back to California in a cub. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. And if you follow the link that we have, uh, you'll see the photos uh, that start as he's leaving California, uh, day one, and ends with him getting back into California. Wow. And There's a lot of very cool pictures here. Yeah. Oh, 
you know, great collection, and I'm trying to get this sucker to go to the bottom just so I can read this. Yeah. yeah. Look at this. He stopped it. He stopped at Lee Bottom. There's a lot of pictures that's on one page. Everybody needs to be patient as you're as you're uh, opening this page, but it's worth it because there's a lot of awesome pictures here. Yeah, that's a that's some very cool stuff. Yeah, this guy or, and, or whoever and, and had, the, the stats were particularly fun to talk about. Uh, I mean, the variety of photography this guy worked in during the trip is stunning. My goodness, it, it gets better worked. and better. Huh? Look at uh, Hudson River. So he did make it to the Hudson River. Pictures of uh, Ellis Island and, uh, and uh, uh, Statue of Liberty. And man, I want to do this. This is cool. And, and, only and, halfway and that's through the some page. pretty delicate airspace to, to navigate Norda. Yeah, and I'm only halfway through the page. What's this flying? 350 yeah, vintage airplanes? Either. This is amazing. I'm, I'm going to get this wrong, but her. Yeah. This yeah, is. Yeah, go ahead, David. Well, I was just going to say the specs on this are just stunning. How many days, how many hours, how much fuel. Uh, I uh, wish this sucker would let me go to the... There we go. I found Number it. of days on the adventure. Adventure, 32 days. Yep. 6,906 miles, statute miles. 75 legs. Longest leg, one hour, 58. Wow. Shortest leg, he says, I'm pretty sure it's my left leg. <laughs> uh, flight time, 104 hours, 14 minutes per the GPS keeping track. 445.49 gallons. Now, that's a specificity I would have not leveled. A specificity How many gallons? 445.49. Gallons of fuel. How many miles? Total, num uh, total number of photos, 5,599. Jeb, 6,900 6, 6, miles. 6,906. 6, I see that now. Yeah. This uh, is great. The final picture is uh, this gentleman standing uh, next to the tail of his cub. And uh, what an adventure. Man, am I jealous. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. Well, it, it so, so reminded me of tracking Champ Guy and his little post on our, uh, on our forums pages as he was cruising from Oregon across country to Oshkosh a right. few years ago, then on to meet his wife in Maine, mm -hmm. spend a week out there, and then backtrack in a, in a champ. You know, champ, cub, cub, champ. We're basically talking about the same kind of flying. Yep, yep. Uh, except champ guy actually flew like a man with a time-related mission. And Mr. Hymos here, he seems to taking all the time he needed and all he wanted. Yeah, yeah. Champ I, I'm guy like all, you. I'm champ, jealous. Champ Guy, by the way, also publishes some really cool pictures of his flights, too. And uh, you can often see them pointed to in the UCAP forums. This is very cool. Thank you for pointing it to me. I'm going to spend some time a little bit later on looking at them more carefully because there's a lot of pictures here. Um, and uh, Oh, yeah, it's huge. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. And editing, editing that down could not have been a, uh, you know, a lightweight job. Yeah. Now yeah. when you start that mental photograph. Yep. Shoutouts. What do you got? I got a couple. You guys have anything? I'll go first while you're thinking about it here. Uh, wanted to give a shout out to the pilot uh, in uh, Montana who, I'm just dragging my feet here while I'm waiting for the link to open here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, come on, you can do it. Uh, from the BillingsGazette.com uh, uh, website, uh, Billings Pilot lands at every public airstrip in Montana. 
Uh, growing up, Steve Kreiner, or Kreiner, had a burning passion to learn to fly airplanes, but life, including medical school and his work as a etc., etc., ch marriage, children, delayed his dream. So three years ago, when Kreiner, 50, finally decided to pursue his childhood ambition, he went all out. Um, and uh, basically he spent, and he didn't do this in any quick period of time, but over a period of, uh, of I don't know what, weeks or months, um, he managed to land at all 125 public airports in Montana. And uh, that's very, very cool. And, uh, and that, that, there's yet another flying adventure that must have been um, pretty notable. Uh, I wonder if he's posted some pictures someplace. So anyways, just a shout out to uh, Steve Kreiner uh, of Montana for uh, completing a really great adventure. That's one of my Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Takes a, takes a lot of dedication to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys got any shout-outs? I had one. I can't remember what it was. From that little airport in... Oh. Oh, yeah. oh Dwartowski. Oh, okay. Uh, um, Dave, yeah, Dave Dwartowski is the guy behind this Eliminate the Third Class Medical Petition. Um, as I mentioned, he's the airport manager owner of uh, Potomac Airfield, uh, just outside of DC. Uh, all around good guy, uh, neat place to visit. Um, and uh, you know, hats off to to uh, today for taking this bull by the horns and running with it. Um, by all accounts, he's done a pretty good job. Uh, this is a formal. This is a real deal. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a formal petition to the FAA <clears throat> to eliminate this. It's the only one pending right now, like it. And we should be out there supporting. It. Yep. And there's some links on the AvWeb, uh, on the AvWeb at the AvWeb article. Um, there's probably um, uh, another. You can go to PotomacAirfield.com or .org uh, and uh, find out more about this. Yeah. Just just turn your speakers down before you before you load the page. Oh, really? It's one of those. Okay. Um, yeah, I've never met this guy. That, I which just which just adds to Dave's uh, Dave's charm. Yeah. His uh, yeah. I've never met this guy. I would love to meet him someday. I, it's, oh, yeah. it, seems to you me, it seems to me uh, just an amazing accomplishment that he's kept this airport open, that, that the, the folks running these, what is it, three airports um, are, are living under such an incredible um, you know, restriction and uh, that they managed to keep these, that anybody manages to keep any private you know, you know, airport open these days is, an, is a miracle. That they've kept these airports on, open under these circumstances is, is triply, quadruply, order of magnitude. I, I, know, I, know the other, I know one of the other guys, and I know the, the third guy's name, but uh, um, Dave Wartowski at Potomac and then Stan Fetter at Hyde Executive, out yep. um, two or maybe a half a mile and a half as the crow flies from each other. Um, they've just done a superlative job. They have the patience of Job, yeah. uh, and and the infinite ability to put up with blowing snow that yeah. I don't have. Yeah, really. Uh, I, I just hats, anybody, hats off to all three of them. But yeah. but but today, yeah. And, and, and I think any of us who are in that area, it would it would be I don't know to to go and, and you got to be careful because you got to do it just right. But uh, do what it takes to go and visit these airports and buy some gas and. Uh, uh, well, yeah. If if you don't if you don't have the, the magic decoder ring, don't even think about it. Yeah, so it's it's really um, tough to do. But if you're if, able, if you live in the area, you know. Yeah, if you live in the area, um, yeah, uh, God help you. If you live in the area, um, <laughs> and you and you can think of you know a reason maybe once or twice a year to go pop in there, um, getting going through the background check and then the, the uh, um, I forget what they call it now. I've even passed the course, but. Uh, uh, the special airspace access. Uh, yeah, I know. You, you've been uh, gone from there for a couple of years, so yeah. you're pressed at all. And, yeah. 
I, I've had to use that those brain cells for other stuff. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So okay. Uh, what else, David? Any shoutouts? Well, can I steal your last one? You sure can. Go for it. The Aviators. Uh, the uh, television show, it's series running on the public broadcast system, the uh, often maligned public broadcast system. Uh, this shout-outs to AOPA, EAA, Zayon Flight Systems, and Mid-Continent Instruments, my old friends here in Wichita, who helped underwrite the production of this you know, uh, somebody on the web, on, on, on our forums page, called it uh, kind of a magazine-style TV program called The Aviators. 30-minute uh, episodes, you can get it online at uh, avi- TV. Uh, Mid-Continent Instruments was nice enough to invite uh, the bride and I to a, a uh, premiere party at a local uh, adult beverage dispensing establishment a few weeks ago and we spent a couple of really pleasant hours meeting the producers and uh, the director and some of the folks involved with making the show uh then got to watch the debut episode uh there in the little private setting uh you you'll see a lot of yourself you'll see a lot of people that you know you'll see a lot of real general aviation in the aviators and definitely worth your time to seek it out you can check out, uh, either go to your local uh, public television uh, station's website, or you can go to the, uh, it's just theaviators.tv. So theaviators is one word, dot TV. And uh, you can learn more about this, uh, what looks like a pretty cool TV series. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Definitely time to stick a fork in this one. Let's see here. Uh, uh, Dave Higdon uh, is uh, Senior Capitan Higdon. Uh, is it's always fun to talk with you. It's a, a uh, I'm babbling again. I think it's the it's the noises in this room are freaking me out. Dave's an aviation photographer. He's also an aviation journalist and the U.S. editor for London's World Aircraft Sales Magazine. David, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, avbuyer.com, aea.net, davidhigdon.biz. Have fun with a, a Google search, and remember that I'm neither a golfer nor a theoretical physicist. And El Piloto... Those are the other Dave Higgins that will show up. <laughs> and El Piloto Loco, Jeb Burnside, is uh, a freelance aviation journalist, currently serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. Jeb, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, kind of some of the same places that you can find Dave, except for the uh, physicist thing. Uh, jeburnside.com, uh, aviationsafetymagazine.com, aea.net, avweb.com, and uh, uh, coming soon to you, <clears throat> probably fbi.gov. Yeah, no. Does, uh, does uh, uh, the Hidden River Clinic have, its, have a website yet? See, that's what, that's what you need. You need a, you need a The website. Hidden River Clinic does not, no. Uh, um no, yeah, right. we we've got a yeah we're we're we have to rethink a couple of things there, but uh, um, <laughs> okay. we, we kind of had to put that project on the back burner. Ah, okay. Uh, um, yeah. Actually, yeah, go ahead. Letters from lawyers is that what it is? Uh, oh no 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 no. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a new media producer. You can learn more about me at jackhodgson.com and aroundthefield.net. Thanks to all the folks that help us out with this podcast. Jeff Ward for uh, not only creating our great show notes, but now for starting to become a contributor to the list. That's excellent. Thanks to Mike Morgan, Royce Earl, and to the many. I just want to. I just want to make sure. Sh- 
Yeah. I just want to make sure he pays, you know, the access fee, you know? Yeah, that's right. Everybody's got a port of court. Yeah, that's right. You think this is free? I know. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to have these kinds of bad habits, you need to pay for them. Uh, thanks to Mike Morgan and Roy Searle and to the many other listeners who have created the UCAP uh, disclaimer clips and other cool audio things that you hear uh, interspersed throughout this podcast. We are also very grateful for the financial support we receive from our listeners. For information on how you can make a donation to this podcast, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. It doesn't need to be very much. Just 10 or $15 over the span of a year is a big help. And don't forget you can visit with all of us at the Uncontrolled Airspace website. You can read the blog, view the forums, check out the wiki, the aviation movies list, the new ratings webpage of fame, and more. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, you were going to say something? Only that the key to long life and happiness is aviation. Uh, Because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Live long and aviate. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. I thought his wiki imitation was was off tonight. What about you, Jack? Yeah, a little bit, you know, but it's been a while. You know, this tree's out of practice. TTFN. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But you knew that.